So good evening, everybody. We are to our last Q&A for the month of August. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, we just thank God once again for every Saturday means he's given us one whole week hmm. in the land of the living. Mm-hmm. The week ends today and tomorrow another week begins. New week and two days time a new month. Hmm. God has been good. God has been faithful. And this is... I say it is session 82. 82, yes. Has 82 any significance? My mind says 82, 82. I mean, nothing in the Bible. But I know America has got a very famous airborne division called the 82nd Airborne Division. I mean, I'm a military guy who never went to the army. <laughs> so it is not an airborne uh, Q&A, kind of, because mm-hmm. all the questions have come by air. And... Uh, <laughs> And some questions are about the airborne disease. Mm. Okay, so we shall trust the Lord to give us the answer. And wherever, whichever part of the world you are in, I know everybody is kind of uptight with everything that is happening. But one thing I always have to tell you, doesn't matter how bad it looks, God is in control. Okay, not Biden, but God. Okay. God is in control. As far as the children of God are concerned, He is in charge. And He says this very clearly, not even a hair from your head drops without your Father in heaven knowing. Focus. That's how you focus on things that are above so that we are not shaken, we are not moved, we look up because we know our redemption draweth near. So with that, we shall pray. And we shall start. Father, we come at this time into thy hands. We thank you for all the children who keep on sending the questions, yes, O Lord. Yes. yes, Father. Sometimes we see more people listen to the questions than even the messages. Because mm. everyone is seeking answers. Mm. But I pray through the answers you give us and we speak, the answer ultimately is Jesus. For all of life's questions is mm. answered in Christ. Christ is God's answer to man's trouble. And I pray, Lord, you will give us the wisdom discernment to give Christ preeminence in everything. For Christ alone can solve. He alone can bring succor. He alone can bring peace. And he alone can bring victory. Mm. So, Father, we come at this time and all your people into thy hands. Be with us, be with all of us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes. Pastor Vijay. Now, while you get the questions, let me check whether I was right. I hate going wrong in certain things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. So the first question is, Pastor, related to the pandemic. It's question number one. Um, uh, it says, since the time the pandemic began, we have been praying for it to go, asking God for, asking for God's mercy over the people and the world, etc. Praying that God would stop this from spreading. Praying for forgiveness on behalf of mankind. So we assume this is God's wake-up call for us believers, church, to get out of our comfort zones, etc. And for those who don't know God, Christ, this is an opportunity opportunity to turn to Him. Now I hear from some that uh, that say, hey, this is not from God. They quote John 10.10, which says, enemy comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. and this, And then say, we need to reject this and not receive it. We should not fear this. This is the enemy killing and destroying. Once while preaching, you said these times, these times are a sign from God or the wrath of God. Something on similar lines. Don't remember. I may be wrong. 
But once while praying, you said, we bind this virus and rebuke it in Jesus' name. So my question is, is this from God or is this from the evil one? Because I'm confused how to pray. Okay. I want you to first turn to Second Samuel chapter 24 and verse 1 and then to First Chronicles 21 and verse 1. Again, the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel and he moved David against them to say, go number Israel and Judah. Okay, read carefully. The anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel, not David, but Israel. And he moved David against them to say, go number Israel and Judah. As a result of it, you will know 70,000 men of Israel will die. Mm-hmm. Okay, now if you go to First Chronicles chapter 21 and verse 1. Now, Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. So the question is, who moved David? God or the enemy? The answer is the enemy with God's permission. Yes. Okay, that's what we always say. Whatever happens, God is in absolute total control. Mm. He never loses control one minute. He's absolutely in control. So there is this been virus with his variants keeping on coming. So who brings it? Agent of death is the enemy. Who is in control? God. Okay, now if you go with me to Exodus chapter 8. And verse 20. The Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh, and as he comes out into the water, say to him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Or else, if you will not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies on you and your servants, on your people and into your houses. The houses of the Egyptians shall be full of the swarms of the flies, also the ground on which they stand. Mm. And in that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there, in order that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the land. In Egypt, he's saying, and I will make a difference between my people and your people. Tomorrow, this sign shall be. And if you again turn to chapter 11 and verse 4. To seven, yeah. Moses said, thus says the Lord, about midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt. All the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die from the firstborn of the Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill, all the firstborn of the animals. Mm. <clears throat> and there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall it be again. Wait a second there, okay? Mm. There it means, okay, there will be such a cry. And you know when people cry and howl, especially in modern times when the train passes by, all the dogs start. Okay, when people start mourning, all the dogs mourn. There shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as it was not like it before, nor shall it be like it again. Verse 7. Again, none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue Mm. against man or beast, that you may know that the Lord does not make difference between the Egyptians, does make a difference between meaning. Goshen will be quiet. Mm. No dogs are howling, Mm. because there is no death in Goshen. With the rest of Egypt, the dogs all will be howling with the people because every home. So God makes a distinction. Yes. 
God makes a distinction. So when you ask this question, when you go back to the question, is it from God or where is God from the enemy? You need to realize enemy can't do anything unless God allows. God allows. So God is in control, yet it is from God too. It's a part of the science. It is the enemy is allowed to bring these things in. So how do believers react in a situation like that? How do you pray? You pray, you plead the blood of Jesus over your home. Yeah. In the process, I am not saying believers will not die. But believers look at death differently. Blessed in the sight of the Lord is yeah, a death precious in the sight of... Just put that up so people will know. Pastor Vijay? Yes, I will play Psalms something. I forgot. Psalm 70, yeah? Precious, oh, we should not forget that verse at a time like this. In the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints. Okay? So we do not... 116.15. Yeah. 116.15. Okay. Let's have that on the screen for everybody. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Hmm. Okay? I mean, it's like uh, like uh, if we were to... Give to be told, uh, I mean, that our pandemic has happened. We haven't seen our children for years. Okay? Now suddenly everything is open and if we know our children are coming home, you know how excited it will be? That's what God says. Precious and excited. Mm-hmm. So children are coming home. Are coming home yes. So there is no grief or sorrow or anything up over there and we should be also not be grieving over here because we are just going home. So the perspective of the believer is completely different. different. Okay, yes. How he looks. I am not saying believers haven't died or will not die. But what I am saying is a believer should not die before his time. Mm. He doesn't have to die before his time. When a believer dies, he should be able to truly say from his heart, I finished my race. I just want to go home. I completed my task. Let me go home now. Peter says, Paul says, my departure is near. I'm putting this tent off. I'm going home. Paul says, my departure is near. I'm going home. But other than that, we should use all the tools that has been given by God. And we know the final and the greatest judgment over Egypt was the death of the firstborn. Mm. And God said, apply the blood over the doorpost of your house and stay inside the word of God says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. If the blood of a Passover lamb could protect an Israelite family from the destroyer, how much more can the blood of God's own lamb protect us? Okay, mm. It's as simple as that. We should be careful. What is what, what they were told? Don't go out. Stay inside. And what was Rahab told? Don't go out. Stay inside. So, medically, scientifically valid, not the fear, fearful ones, valid things which have been told, it? wash your hands, if you're in a public place, if mask helps, wear it, okay? Vaccination, I will not say anything about vaccination, okay? I will not say anything about vaccination because personally I feel we don't need to be vaccinated. We don't if you want to me from the pulpit to say get vaccinated, then I will tell the government, take that clause off. Mm. That if anything happens to me or my family, I can sue you. Mm. Then I will get vaccinated. They will not allow it. They will not. They will not, okay? Okay, because you know, we have to have both clauses. No, you are forcing me to take something. Okay? It sh- I am saying vaccination should be voluntary. Mm. Don't force directly or indirectly. Indirectly is what is happening in this country and directly is uh, is what is happening in other countries. Okay? And it is not right. It is not right. Meaning, if you can have in the Western nations, my body, my choice, that I can kill a baby and Mm. I don't need your permission or anybody, 
but I cannot have that freedom not to get vaccinated. Think about it. You have the freedom to kill, but you don't have the freedom to say no to a vaccination. Okay, and my simple question is, how am I, if I am not vaccinated, how am I dangerous to you? When they say the vaccinated people are as contagious as the other. Mm. How am I less dangerous than him? Simple. Right? Because they told the vaccinated people are also spreading it. They have to be double masked and all that. So how am I less dangerous than him? So leave it to me. If you believe in one principle when it comes to abortion, my body, my choice, then when it comes to vaccination, apply the same principle, my body, my right. choice. Okay? Now, you are not stopping a woman who has aborted her baby from going to a supermarket, boarding a flight or anything. Then why are you stopping me from all this? It's a simple question. Okay. So my issue with the whole thing is that there is a virus. It is real, lab-made or otherwise it is real. But what the governments are doing with the virus is what upsets people. Mm. They are using it as a it's a mode of coercion and fear and intimidation for people to fall in line. It's like the communist China kind of a setup. The whole world has turned communist now. That's what they do. There are no democracies anywhere. The whole world has turned communist because communists don't care. For them, the end, the, the end justifies the means. Okay, so I have my issues, personal issues with it. But other than that, as a, as a pastor to my congregation, this is what I will say. I leave it to you. I want to take it or not. That's your choice. Okay, but if you come and ask me what is my conviction, my conviction is don't take it. Mm. Don't take it. You don't need it. Wait. You don't need it. Okay, we come through the worst of the pandemic, through every variant without any issues. Now, when why do we need to take it? When it is on the way out, why do we need to take it? Like one of the most free places in the whole world is Telangana. Because mm. we've got a smart CM who just be, leave people alone. His simple mantra is, if you want to die, die. If you want to live, live. It's your choice. Okay. And that's the way it should be. Right? <laughs> you don't see social distancing. You don't see masking. You don't see anything over here and people are all happy. Okay, yeah, Everybody's sort of, okay. Yeah. No hospitals are jammed. There is no Delta variant over here. Nobody is afraid. Everything is going on normal. Okay. But there are other systems and other states which are trying all kind of things. Okay. All kind of things. So my simple thing is that, is it from God? Yes. Is it by the enemy? Yes. Hmm. It is yes. What should we do? What should we pray for yourself, your family? Plead the blood, no, stay under the, and stay under the blood. Okay, that's the other thing told to Israel. The two spies told Rehab. If they go out and they die, the blood is not on our hands. So whatever you have to do practically, okay? If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask when you're going out. If you need to wash out, avoid unnecessary public places, which is a very good. I mean, now I don't have to preach, do not love the world or the things in the world because COVID is telling you don't go out into the world. Okay. What was not possible with the word of God, the COVID did. Okay. So stay, okay. You want to get something, buy it online. Stay in church, okay? Stay in the church and I'll tell you, we all said and done because we believe and we have prayed and we have been pleading the blood on every day. If you look at it, our church has come through. Come through pretty well, okay? Even those who got COVID recovered, nobody died. Mm. I mean, I mean, if you look at our church, all said and done, how many people are vaccinated in the church? Two or three people are vaccinated. We have the oldest, 86, who comes without a master church. Right? 
And then we have the most weak ones, the LHL kids, weak ones, handicapped kids with cerebral palsy, all kind of issues in their body. Did anything happen to anybody? Nothing. No. Do you think it is normal? No. It's simply because we God. believe. Yes. God we believe. Yes. Okay. That God can take care of anybody at the both ends mm. of the spectrum. The oldest to the youngest, the strongest to the weakest. We are not leaning on our strength. So you believe. You believe. But for those who are in companies and offices who are being forced, I understand it's a uh, bread and butter matter to you. Make your own choices. Mm. Make your own choices. Okay. But as far as the church is concerned, this is what we say. And if you take the vaccine, we don't condemn you. Mm. No, actually we, we, what we call it? We tease that person, the first fact, the one who, every Sunday we tease her, no? We don't kind of, we tease our young lady who was the first lady in India to get vaccinated, okay? <laughs> and we tease her every Sunday by asking, do you remember what was preached? <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is, how is the vaccine affecting? So we have, there is no condemnation in the church whether you take it or whether you not take it. But the thing is that we have to learn to trust God. Learn to believe in the power of the blood. Learn to believe in the name of Jesus Christ. And this virus should teach us how to apply this principle in every area of our life. It's a very good teacher. The virus is a very good teacher. It has taught us how to trust God and come through. How to come through. We have come through. This virus started in 2020 March. This is 2021. September is coming. We have come through. The church has come through, very well come through. And I believe almost everyone is immune. Immunity has built up and, uh, hmm. and to those who are, okay, let me give it to you that because many are worried and they ask me this. Go to Mark chapter 16, 18 if I'm right. Is there a Yeah. These signs will follow those who believe. Okay. Now, first importance is that if you believe, these signs will follow. So the key is left to you. Mm. Jesus, remember yesterday we looked. Mm. Jesus sings five times. Let it be unto you your according faith. to your faith. Mm. If you want certain things to follow in your life, you have to believe what God has said. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Mm. Let's leave that out. They will speak in new tongues. Let's leave that out. They will take up serpents. Let's leave that out. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Mm. Okay? So that's the principle. Apply. That if you are forced because of a situation to take the vaccine, the vaccine act is actually dangerous. Trust God. It will not harm me. Mm. Mm. Trust me. I did not have a choice in this matter. I have been forced because of my job situation to take it. I am standing upon your word. You said, okay? Why? Because that is what happened. They always try to uh, poison people. Poisoning and getting rid of your rivals is a part of ancient culture even mm. down today. Even today, yes. Even today, mm. okay? Today. And today you have such things that you will never be even detected. It will be like normal heart attack, you will die. Okay, you will not even know how that. I mean, the CIA mm. has tools in their armory which even Taliban doesn't know. <laughs> okay, you will just die normally. Okay, so... 
that through this we may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust okay so we have a promise and when we stand on the promise and we believe on the promise what we actually do is we partake of god's own nature god cannot be killed Mm-hmm. Jesus could never be killed. He said, each time he said, "My hour hasn't come." Yep. When his hour came, he said, "This is the hour." He they could they could do nothing to kill him before his time. Paul could not be killed before his time. Mm-hmm. Okay, we need to realize you, you and I, if you believe, cannot be. But we need to be very determined that we our noses towards Jerusalem. Yes. We are on the race. We are on on target. Mm-hmm. We are on purpose. We have surrendered our life to God, and I will not be killed. I will not die. but i shall live and declare the works of the lord so we have this promise through that promise we partake of god's divine nature and escape what is in this world the corruption that is in the world so when you have been taken in a situation the vaccine and the vaccine is actually detrimental to your body you stand on the promise and say you know what i will not die hmm. but i shall live and i will declare the works of the lord but all those who have a choice wait don't rush into all these things wait and don't fear Mm-hmm. So it is from God, by the devil. We have protection. Stand on the blood. Stand on the name. Stand on the promises. You are covered. <laughs> Whichever way you want mm-hmm. to know, the believers have covered. That is the the power of God's word and the power of God's promises. And these signs shall follow Amen. those who believe. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Amen. uh pass another question uh, i think we should finish this because it's been it's been there for a while mm. um this is on job's repentance mm-hmm. question number 2 god speaking to job and his friends in a whirlwind whirlwind especially rebukes job's three friends addressing eliphaz as he was the first of the three to speak and did not speak of god correctly as job was job has why did god not address elihu does it mean that elihu was correct in what he said unlike the other friends yes he was he was absolutely mm-hmm. and question 2 is i mean the same part the same question now i relate i relate uh, i so relate my life uh, to the book of job in many ways not in righteousness or suffering job must have suffered even more but can relate to the judgment from his pals so curious to know that god responded to that judgment rebuking them wondering does it ever occur like that in the present age when as children of god we have been facing umpteen judgments rejection from other fellow believers for all wrong reasons and yet i always wondered will there be a conviction ah, i mean conviction is in the hands of the holy spirit uh, when it comes to judgment okay we need to understand direct prince of long long ago i remember his teaching you should never judge where you do not have authority mm. 
judgment is connected with authority when you don't have authority don't judge it's not that god says do not judge okay when he says do not judge it's not a blanket thing okay meaning don't judge where you don't have authority i mean what does your what does your judgment what different does it make, make exactly. it only make another person angry miserable and all okay so god has given everyone spirits of authority okay like a king judges his nation yes okay you go to a sessions court that judge judges over a particular area you go to a civil court on civil matters then there is disputes over there you go to high court and ultimately you go to the supreme court so there are areas which is given for judging a father has the head of the house judges his family he does not judge the neighbor's family you can have an opinion about the neighbor's family and use that opinion or that judgment to be careful about your family okay you're not judging his family and saying this thing but you look at the neighbor's family and see what is happening over there and you may say that you know what keep your distance mm. keep your distance okay but in that process he's not judging them he's judging his family mm. laying boundaries for his family so he only judges his family a pastor only judges his sheep he does not judge okay so when we judge other pastors we don't judge their life that's none of our business mm-hmm. we judge their doctrine. doctrine yes that we are asked to judge mm-hmm. because once it is there in the public space like youtube and all given available to everybody and anybody then what we do is that we judge the doctrine doctrine okay and we are asked to judge the doctrine in the bible we don't judge character it's none of our business and even when we within our own perimeters of uh, authority judge we judge it is not a final judgment it's to restore also no, okay it's not ever a final judgment mm-hmm. it is a judgment which is temporary because somebody who you judge may end up like no like nobody's business Absolutely. at the end of his life yes. like if you were to judge jacob's life for the first 50 60 70 80 years of life would have written him off mm. but when you look at at the end of his life the way he finished he finished better than his father and his grandfather oh. and he's actually seeing more clearly than his son joseph too Mm. meaning if you look at the four patriarchs over there Abraham Isaac Jacob and Joseph and put them all in their old age it is Jacob who sees best mm. Abraham goes up with Keturah Isaac has no more spiritual years Joseph sees about the redeemer coming but Jacob is able to see the destiny of his sons and Israel Absolutely. okay so when we make judgments it is only corrective It's only correct. Mm. It is only to restore. Mm. Yes. And if your judgment is not restorative or intention is not restorative, don't judge. Mm. Okay? Mm. I always tell people, if you do not pray for somebody, don't judge them. Yes. Don't judge them. Mm. No business. First you pray. Okay, first you pray. And then you judge. If you do not pray, don't judge your judgment is usually always either it is wrong or even if it is right your heart is wrong yes heart is wrong when you judge your heart and your words both needs to be right mm. okay and that is why we pray first and that's where job's friends all went wrong okay his job's friends went it all wrong. they had their own uh, they had their own theology it's like the disciples theology the man born blind lord was did his sin or his father's sin preconceived ideas we have 
Okay, and sometimes we come up with it. But when we come up with it, it's like doctors, okay? When a person comes and he looks at the symptoms, mm. sometimes you treat them symptomatically. Mm. And when it does not work, what you do is say, go do this. Get a MRI or a get a this thing. And so you have. So sometimes when we come, we treat symptomatically. Maybe we will see looking at you, you know, did it happen in your father's and grandfather's? It sounds like iniquity. No, we are not condemning you. Mm. Okay, it sounds like iniquity. It sounds like a curse that is passed down because this one also, your father's family also it happened, your grandfather's family also happened. Are we judging you? No. Yeah. We are kind of treating you symptomatically. So when we pray accordingly and sometimes it works and if it doesn't work, we try to look and pray and fast and seek out what let's like David. First year famine, okay. Second year family, third year family, something wrong. So he goes and inquires of the Lord, Mm. what is happening over here? And realize this is a famine, an issue of something that happened 30, 20, 40 years ago. We don't know how far back it looked back, it looked Mm. back. The famine is coming now. So we need to find out the root cause. But in this case, they all went wrong. But Elihu did not. So when your friends condemn you because, you know, uh, like in this case, your marriage broke up. This is the person who's writing. Marriage broke up. You are a single mother trying to raise up two children. And you are in another country and the country's laws are very, very strict. You may have mutual custody with the other, the person who has abused you and walked out, has visiting rights, all kind of things. And every day you have to go through this trauma. And on top of that, your so-called believer friends start adding trauma on to, you know, you should not be separated. You should reconcile. You have no idea what is happening. And, you know, so simple thing is that, you know, pray for that person. And because you hear all this, you know what? Single parents, divorced people, you know, all these people go through so much condemnation in churches. Not so much in the world. Yeah. We need to understand. They don't face so much condemnation in the world. This is what happens when a church becomes pharisaical. Mm. Okay. They face so much condemnation in the world. Okay. And the church mm. is not a place of condemnation. It should be only a place of love. Comfort and conviction. And leave conviction to the word of God and the spirit of God. Okay, leave it. You know? And a lot of that's what I'm talking about. I always wondered, will there ever be a conviction? The thing is that don't. Leave it alone. Just pray and leave it alone. And ultimately what happens is that God will tell Job to pray for his friends. Hmm. Pray for his friends. Okay, Both for his friends sake and both for Job's sake. I don't want Job. I want to bless you. Before I can bless you, Job, you know what? You pray for your friends. You know why? Because I don't want you to go into a new life I'm going to give you with bitterness in your heart for these three friends. At the end of the day, they are your friends. Mm. They misunderstood you completely, but they really genuinely loved you. Because mm. the way they cried and wailed when they <laughs> saw him, they know, okay? The doctrine was messed up. And they probably studied under Gamaliel, so their doctrine was messed up. Okay, they never encountered God. Even certain things that they say, they say they were not necessarily wrong. Yeah. But the way they, the intention Intend, and the, yeah, and the this thing was, about it. Absolutely was. And I think also, 
Okay. It doesn't matter how good friends are. Sometimes there is a tinge of envy. Hmm. They saw how prosperous he was, how blessed he was. And then when everything crashed, there is a little joy inside. <laughs> you had to be wrong somewhere. We always thought your prosperity, there was some. Nobody can prosper like this if you are only righteous. Somewhere to your dhut. What do they say in that thing comes out, you know. So in so many ways, God exposed everybody. God exposed Job's self-righteousness. God exposed their envy. Okay. And Elihu was the only one who was, and he was the youngest one. Exactly. Okay. That's what we need to realize. Sometimes we need to listen to young people. They are very straightforward. And this Elihu was very straightforward. All the other four were old. And Elihu was a young man. And he got it right. He got so God had nothing to say. Nothing to say about it. You know, so that is the story. And to the people who get condemned and say, don't worry. Okay, don't worry. Don't just pray for them. Like what God told you is the advice God tells everyone. When your friends condemn you, what you are supposed to do, pray for them. Okay, pray for them. Let's give that verse, this also, so that we will put our trust in the word of God. Job 42. Forty-two, verse seven onwards. So it was after God had spoken these words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, "My wrath is aroused against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has." Verse eight. Now therefore take for yourself seven bulls and seven rams. Go to my servant Job and offer up for yourself a burnt offering and my servant Job shall pray for you. For I will accept him lest I deal with you according to your folly because you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. Okay? And he will pray for you. He will pray for you. So let God do that. God will do that in his own time, in his own way. It will be yeah, none of our job. Our job is to pray for those who condemn us. God will convict them. Some may be convicted. Some may not be convicted. Right? Even Judas was convicted. He said, I have. He was betrayed innocent blood. Okay, even Judas was convicted. Okay, some people like Jezebel is never convicted. Okay, even Ahab repented and walked and God saw his remorse was genuine. So we don't know. Our job is just to be quiet and pray for our friends. And walk in peace. Mm. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, we are doing some pending questions. I think last uh, okay. question which is pending. Mm. Uh, some adults watch full-blown horror and hardcore violence crime thriller movies and claim it is cool and no big deal. Mm. I wonder if it does not have leave any impact or phases of fear, anxiety or disgust, etc. It's also one of the doorways for the enemy uh, through the eyes and mind, is it not? Of course it is. Yes. Mm. Especially when you are seeing for Horror, horror, blown horror. I mean, the demons pass through these yes, systems. Yes, yes. The demons uh, are what non-corporeal bodies, and they come through this. They come through this, and you should not be watching. Should not be, hmm. especially horror movies and hardcore violence movies. You should not be watching. Okay, you should not be watching, and the movies are will get more hmm. because it. This is it's because you see. Uh, when we looked at Second Peter chapter one and verse four, the corruption that is in no the world way. through lust. The problem with lust is that lust can never be, be satisfied. satisfied. 
love is always satisfied mm. lust can never be satisfied with the problem with lust it's like an alcoholic as he keeps on growing older in his drinking he needs more and more when he started all he needed was probably a peg okay or less than a peg a few drops and he was knocked out mm. but by the time he grows older because he never stopped now to get the first kick he needs a full bottle yes that's the problem with lust and the movie industry is fed on lust so if you are in, into into violence you will see you need to give more and more and more and more and more violence mm. and uh, no the censor boards have become more and more and more tolerant mm-hmm. okay if you are given into sex in movies what where it began and wh- where it is now because that's the nature of violence and mm. horror and all you know that's the nature of lust mm. and you know what it is demonic it's mm-hmm. not natural it yes. is demonic okay and you have to we have to stay out of it because yes. it will destroy your mind mm. you will never go untouched unscarred because it will start an effect and a bearing on your behavior your thinking your mind your reaction to situations no it will have it it will have its effect on you and it's the saddest part of it is that that's what happened in the first generation of israels why did they perish in the desert it is because what they had seen mm, in and egypt. indulged in in egypt. egypt it had a lasting effect mm. on them that even the wilderness could not cure them mm. they brought it with them okay brought it with them but god knew it all beforehand so what did he use the wilderness to train his their children second generation yes another generation was trained up over there okay in one wilderness one generation perished another generation became mighty men and women of god so that's what it's talking about it definitely has an effect and we should protect our own minds from it mm sir our eyes ears all are doorways for the enemy to come in mm. and our tongue mouth taste mm. everything Pastor, next question should i go hey. question pastor this is uh, from uh, i think recent ones mm. uh, does godly turn god does god truly turn our weaknesses into strength my favorite story in the bible is that of abraham and sarah believing god for a son however they did not walk in great faith for pers- for receiving a son through sarah would you say the new testament sometimes contradicts the old testament or we do not get it sometimes roman chapter 4 verse 17 to 22 and hebrews chapter 11 verses 11 and 12 where it says uh, abraham was not weak in faith etc and the thing thing about it's it's he truly turns our weaknesses into strength only if we in our weakness turn to god turn to god yes and fully lean on him mm-hmm. no okay if we have that rod over there in the corner is still there or disappeared if it's not there it's fine but if it is there it's okay is that Okay that there, there Sammy Peter it's here Just to explain it to you Okay It should never disappear it is one of the most used artifacts Okay okay it's okay it's okay it's fine let's not waste time okay A, a rod in itself is of no use to you when you are weak unless you lean on it Mm. Right? Yeah. What is the use of a rod? It's useless. You are weak and the rod is standing over there. It is of no use to you. But if you lean on the rod, 
then suddenly the rod becomes of useful. Mm. All the promises of God are there, mm-hmm. but they are useless to you if you do not believe and lean on to you. That's what you're talking about. I am weak. God is strong. What difference does it make if I don't lean on to God and receive his strength? That's what it is talking about. Leaning on the strength of God. So what happened is that in Abraham's and Sarah's case, and you see all these Old Testament people, and we are all the same. You see, these people are all, though they are believers, they're hearing from God and obeying, if you need to look at all of them, they're all very strong-willed people in their own way. Yes. Okay, in their own way. Strong will is only good if your strong will is bent, bent towards, towards God. Yes. If it is bent towards well, himself, it's a very bad thing. Mm-hmm. Abraham is a very strong-willed man. Every time there's a crisis, he wants to save himself and not anybody else. He puts himself first. Okay? Sarah is a very strong-willed woman. Yes. Okay? So what happens with strong-willed people when God has picked strong-willed people? What happens is that... To mold them, God has to bring them to such a state where they have no choice left. Oh, yes. No choice left. Okay. On the other hand, Isaac is not a strong-willed man mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. He's a weak person. Weak-willed in the sense, not weak in that negative sense. He's a kid who is surrendered to God right from the beginning. Yes. Yes. So he doesn't go through anything. His only issue later in life was he became a glutton. Mm. And gluttony destroyed him, blinded his eyes and blinded his feelings and blinded everything, gluttony. So gluttony is a dangerous thing. Other than that, if you look at Isaac's life, you have nothing to touch him. Mm. You have nothing to touch mm. Isaac. You'll take that one thing. If he had not been a glutton, he would have been a perfect man but, in that yeah. old covenant. Okay, But the gluttony destroyed him towards the end. But Abraham is a very strong man. Sarah is a very strong-willed woman. So with strong-willed people, what does God has to do? God has to break their will. Mm. And how does he do? He shuts all doors for them. And nothing will happen. You have only one way out. It is God. So that's what Bible says. He brought them where Abraham couldn't. Abraham couldn't bear his child anymore. He's old. Let's go to that Romans 14. 17 to 20. It's written. 4, 4. Yeah, 4. I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God, who gives life to the dead mm. and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Why? Who contrary to hope in hope believed. Okay. Already he had hope. I can. If Sarah is bare, it's okay. I can bear to the maid servant. Okay. Meaning what? He's dead. His body is dead. Sarah's body is dead. So shall your descendants be. Yeah. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He has to make them weak. They were not weak before. Now they are absolutely weak. That's why both of them laughed. In Genesis chapter 17, Abraham laughs. In Genesis chapter 19, uh, Sarah laughs. Both laughed. Both laughed yes. and God told them, I will give you a son and his name shall be Isaac. <laughs> he, in 17, he gives Isaac's name. Mm. We see Isaac only two chapters later. Right? 17, God is not supping with him. Okay, it's in 18, God is supping with him. So in 17, Abraham laughs 
and in 19 is the judgment of sodom 18 yeah, 18, 18, 18 uh, sara oh, yeah. is uh, hiding behind the curtain and laughing, laughing in her in mind heart, so heart. both of them <laughs> laughed because they know both of them are dead so god had to bring them to the point of weakness in their life hmm. and then they had to lean on to god and god gives them promise and they both believe okay so that's what we're talking about and our issue is that we are very strong willed people hmm. we have the old nature of abraham we are abraham seed but we have his old nature too okay we still are abraham <laughs> okay we are still abraham not abraham okay <laughs> he did not waver at the promise so now he is taking his that strong willed and trusting god's promise okay and if you look at all of god's people jacob was such a strong willed guy oh, yeah strong strong willed people it's it's always me first mm. it's my way or highway okay so when it comes to them god has to say your way is finished there is no way for you it's over now what do you want to there is no your way or highway mm. it's only my way left what do you want god they will say lord your way <laughs> so every one of them had to be brought down to that level mm. okay and that's our issue our issue is that we want god's power and our way mm-hmm. that is the issue with all of us yes. our major issue with with our struggle is with god is that it's not that we don't want god we want god mm-hmm. we want god's power his resources everything but your power my way and god says you know what it will not work it will not work and the only few people are there you know if you look at it is one is david another is joseph another is moses daniel. yeah and daniel these are the people you look in the bible who you know ultimately will surrender and understand there is power in surrender and paul is that person who learns it very early Amen. as a young man he learns it you know what encounter with god what do you want me to do and he surrendered <laughs> yes peter and always strong will people okay yes let's go to the next yes, question this is question number 6 okay uh, we only did question 5 last time i want that political question yes yes we are doing that one first right? <laughs> so this is 7 uh, 7 actually 7 question number 7 okay uh be sorry yeah 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 uh, be defensive we need to keep the serpent out hmm. neither adam nor eve seemed shocked when i hope the question is yeah it's you for my you for my question okay yeah mm. talk to them it evidently did not come as a total surprise in english we say birds of a same feather flock together mm. do you not think the pastors and christians recognize the snakes we have in the white house <laughs> okay okay mm. then why did they vote for this person mm. and yes. not for the uh the previous 45 yeah not support huh? now when they knew that the election was stolen mm. do you think there are many serpents among the christians if so mm. <laughs> why do we not keep, keep them out, out. Okay. now this is very specific to western politics okay western especially american politics you need to understand the risk the problem with the western politics because of the christian nation especially america mm. canada and all the christian nations yes. and uh, the, the the church had an enormous influence on politics but you need to understand if you look at the origins of these nations almost especially america all the founding fathers were freemasons mm. and freemasonry wasn't bad per se mm. okay like freemasonry was a fraternity of men 
Okay. Men exclusively gathered in the Freemason lodges and the men and women and children, families came to the church. Okay. And they had their blood ties and no, whatever things happened. Well, like Thomas Jefferson, all of them were Freemasons. Mm. Okay. They were not pursued. They had very high ideals and everything. Mm. But like in any setup, the enemy creeps in. Okay. The enemy had already crept into the Freemasonry from the beginning. Yes. But now he got into this also. And once you, the enemy gets in, the nature of Freemasonry changes. Changes. It becomes occult. It becomes sorcery. So we cannot tar everybody with the same brush. But down the centuries, it turned horrible. It turned horrible. A lot of other things came into Freemasonry. Okay, a lot of, I mean, now it's like terrible what Freemasonry, it's all secret. Like if you go to Bible colleges, real Bible colleges, many of them over there, you will see outside the Bible colleges, lodges. Yeah. Mm. You will see lodges. Okay, the prophets are all part of the lodges. Okay, you will see, they were all part, they were all Freemasons. Okay, so unity Freemasonry affected the thinking of people. But Freemasonry changed. The nature of Freemasonry changed. There was a good part of it, I believe, with high ideals and all that. And there was the dark side of it. It is more like ham sitting in the ark. Mm. This guy has come out of judgment. This guy has helped his father to build this ark. Okay. But you do not know what is hidden in him. Mm. Until it is exposed. Until it is exposed. Mm-hmm. Okay? Hidden in him until it is exposed. And what happened is that there is this church, visible, and pastors, many of them, who are Freemasons. Okay? Freemasonry turned absolutely diabolical, I believe, in the last uh, 50 years, possibly? 50 to 60, mm. 75 years. It turned really diabolical. Mm. Demonic. Yes. The demons completely took over. I just mm. just up. Even outside universities, exactly, very okay. close to universities. Yes, every, it was there. They were all part of the fraternities. Because they had to get all the smart ones all into over mm. there, you know. Mm. And those places became places of drugs, sorcery, sex, and witchcraft. Because you know what? Because that's what the Bible talks about, the devil. He was made perfect in wisdom. There are two ways you can achieve wisdom. The wisdom that is from above is peaceable. Mm. That doesn't come in easy. Mm -hmm. And then there is a wisdom that is from below, which is demonic. Demonic. That's easy. And we know from the temptation of Jesus Christ, the devil said, I can give it to you. Mm -hmm. So what happened is that people started going into there and there were attractions. The bait was there, Mm. which was drugs and sex and alcohol. All this was the bait over there. And then people went over. It became diabolical. They received power. They received wisdom. And things started expanding and they started controlling and everything. So now what has happened over here is that U.S. is saturated with pastors who are masters. And they hate me for saying it. But it is true. Hmm. If you don't want to go to hell, repent and come out. Let your sh- church shut down. Why do you want to go with your church to hell? When you can go to heaven. 
I mean, there's no way out for these people. They have only one way out. They need to repent. So what happened in the last election is they knew Trump was not part of this. They knew he was not part of this. But the problem is the pastors were scared to open their mouth. See, if you ever went to the lodge, you know, you have two pastors who have never seen the outside or the inside of a lodge other than from far away. Okay. But people ask, how do I know so much about it? It's because I have one, I have read enough about it of people who came out of it. Real people who came out of it have read about them and how exactly the stuff happens in. And then people who were part of the lodge whom I have ministered to and helped them to be delivered. I know how the inside thing also was. I have inside knowledge and I have outside knowledge. So you can't fool me. Mm. So you can't fool me because I know people who were deep in the lodge. Absolutely deep in the lodge. Okay, how they were trained in the lodge, of course, and also from people from outside. The real, I'm not mentioning names because we have a lot of young people who listen. You name them, they will never read the word. They will go and start reading this. That's why I never mention the names of these real, really experts who have been inside and come out and helps in deliverance and all. So what happens over here is that in the last election, what has happened is so many pastors kept quiet. And so many pastors who were part of the lodge, and you are, you are part of the lodge, you are compromised. Mm. It is like the CIA. They have all your details. They know what you have done. And they will tell, when they tell you jump, you jump. Mm. So many of the pastors who were like idols out there in the Christian realm spoke against Trump. Yes. And you need to ask them, why are they speaking? They can either be quiet they're not quiet. They're not speaking for him. They're speaking. See, when you speak against somebody, you are indirectly endorsing somebody else. But if you look at the democratic platform, no Christian can endorse their platform. Hmm. Look at what they have done now yes. in eight months. Everything they have done is basically to destroy America as a Christian nation. Yes. Not destroy America. To transform America into a socialistic nation, not Christian. They want to destroy America as the last Christian nation. So the simple question is, you know their platform. You knew they had taken God out of the platform. You knew they were going this way. How could you, by opposing somebody publicly, endorse this person or endorse him directly? Mm. How could you do it? Why did you do it? The reason is because they got something on you which is in your past. Otherwise, no believing Christian who preaches from the pulpit will ever take a stand unless they have compromised him. That's why I tell you, so many pastors were compromised. You know why? Because they were part of the circle. Mm. That's why I tell it openly. You can get mad with me. You can block me on YouTube. I don't care. When I stand before God, you will know I was true, that these were all masters. And many of them were great preachers. People got saved through their preaching. That is fine. Um, the the condemned and rejected high priest Eli's word, uh, Hannah took by faith and she conceived. But he himself fell backwards and his neck was broken. So was the high priest Caiaphas, um, Caiaphas 
who spoke the word of God about Jesus Christ. So anybody, Balaam's donkey spoke the very words of God. Mm. So it, the Balaam spoke was absolutely one of the greatest prophecies, mm. accurate prophecies of Israel came through Balaam's mouth. It's on par with Moses or Isaiah or any one of them. Mm. So that does not make any difference. God can use their word to save somebody mm. else. But you know what? Many of them are masters. Mm. And you know what? The whole thing set up. Because you know what? They knew if Trump won a second time, it would put back their agenda for decades. Let me look at a simple example. If Trump had won a second time, Afghanistan, what happened? Would not have happened. It would not have happened. He would have withdrawn. He would have gone by his word withdrawn. But they wouldn't have dared to do anything they are doing now. Because you know what? You need to understand there's something which the old Christians understood, the founding fathers and the others understood about Christianity. Okay. Blessed are the peacemakers. Yes. Peace comes only as a result of, of war. war. Yep. Result of war. Now let me tell you this question. I am a man. I have a gun. And I have a knife. And I have a rod. Okay. And I see through the window. I see a gang of men coming to attack my house. What do I do? Throw my gun out, throw my knife out, throw my rod out and go to them and say, let us have peace? No. Is that how peace is made? No. Or I tell them, you come through, I got a shotgun with me. Yes. You come anywhere I'm through, blow I will you. blow your head off. off. They yeah. go back. You know what has happened? I have made peace. Mm. I have made peace. Now take that scenario of five men and make it into a million men. You know what happens? That nation will go to war against that other million. So the founding fathers knew there is only sometimes there's only one way to peace. You have to fight a righteous war. That's only when they got into the Second yeah. World War. Second World because War. Because they knew yeah. that the freedom of Egypt, of, of Europe directly impacted that, the freedom fact, of the Western America world. was not attacked. Yeah. Hmm. America, America went into war because, and they stood in line and volunteered to go back to, and, to fight for a war in which they were not involved. Hmm. America was far away. We are not talking about these days. Yeah. Those days, ships and all, how can you cross the Atlantic and come to America? It was, but they volunteered for a war because hmm. you know what. And that is how it was built. Hmm. But you know what? This entire system of pacifism. Yes. Okay. Vietnam War, America would not have lost. I'm telling you, America would not have lost if those silly communists in America and the universities had not got onto the streets and started talking about peace and withdrawing their soldiers back. America would not have lost a single battle. They lost their battles not on the battlefield. They lost their battles on the streets of America yes. because of the pseudo-communists over there, mm. over there in the universities and the peaceniks. Mm. They lost it on the streets. Mm. And now whole America is going woke. From the top president down to the general, all are going woke and they're losing their battles because the soldiers will not fight. They're, if you see commander in chief doesn't, see Back under, in, under yeah. Trump, ISIS was quiet. Everybody was quiet. You know why? Because he said, you know what? We will withdraw. There is no point in, you know, as far as he had said, he was a businessman, but he was a very smart man. He said, you know what? You don't have to unnecessarily fight. If money can handle it, because he was a businessman. Money can handle it. You don't have to waste the lives of our sons. You know what? Sanction them. Hmm. Sanction them. Okay? So sanctions worked. 
where sanction did not work, okay, he said them, he gave his general a free hand and said, wipe them out. Russia was there in Syria. Russian submarines were there in the Mediterranean Sea. They were all over there. And people will not tell in one of those attacks, because Russian mercenaries were all there in Syria. In one of those attacks, when they tried attacking a small American outpost, the White House under Trump said, blast them. You know, there's an unofficial record saying over 500 Russian mercenaries were killed in that bombing by America. And everybody was quiet. Nobody shot anything. Because America has the weapons and the wherewithal to destroy any of their enemies. But you need a man with a spine mm. up there. Yes. The problem is they never had. Mm. They never had a man with a spine. Whether it was George Bush or Clinton or Obama or Biden, everyone is from the circle. Yes. They are compromised. That's why in his press conference he said, I was instructed. So we need to ask the question, who instructed you? You Aren't you not the president of America? Mm-hmm. It is right there. Are you not the president? Who instructs you? You instruct others. Mm. I was instructed. Who instructed you? Who instructed you? you And they hated Trump. You know why? Mm. Because you couldn't instruct him. Mm. He listened to counsel, but ultimately he made his own call. He made his own call. And all the hostile nations were scared of him. They were scared of him because they knew this man. He will go to the extra length to make peace. Like go to South Korea, cross that line and shake hands with Kim Jong-un. He will go extra line. But if I draw a line in the sand, you cross it, I will hit you too. Okay, so he knew, he went both sides, he was this thing. And you knew what? During his four years, there was never a single new war. There was actually peace in this world. Mm. Nobody dared to do anything under his watch. Once he went out, you have chaos all over. All over. Okay? So you need to understand this. And who who are involved in it? Pastors are involved in it. They were compromised. Because the pulpits are very powerful in mm-hmm. US. Pulpits are very, very, very powerful. Yes. Still, pulpits even are, mm-hmm. even till today, mm-hmm. pulpits are very powerful. And we need to ask the question, what happened to the pastor? The big names. Mm-hmm. Big names. Why didn't they speak? Rick Warren. Why didn't they speak? T.D. Jakes, why didn't he speak? John Piper, why did he speak the other way? These are the big names, right? You have such millions of audience and your nation, its future is hanging on a thread. Why didn't you speak between? So you didn't have to speak for Trump or Biden. You could have spoken on a platform. This is wrong. This platform is wrong. This is the destruction of our nation. This is our destruction of a future generation, our unborn children, our born children. This man is saying he, transgender kids have the right. Our babies will be killed. The God has to be taken out. This platform is wrong. This platform is right. If you had looked at the two conventions, the DNC convention was absolutely demonic and the RNC convention was absolutely like it was like a faith convention. And he said, you know what? We approve of this platform. We do not approve of this. They just had to talk about the platform and leave personalities alone. But they did not have the guts to do it in a Christian America. You know why? Because the pastors were compromised. And they were snakes. They were snakes. Hmm. And one of the nature of the snakes, you know, one of the things about a snake when I was teaching on Thursday, you know, the snake does not hear. Therefore, what does the snake want us to do? They don't, the devil does not want us to hear the voice of God. Hmm. 
voice of God. The second thing about the snake is that the snake changes its appearance. Mm. It came like a good person mm. in the garden of Eden. Comes like it. And the Bible says over there, Satan transforms himself as an angel of light. So, so do his servants. Okay. And then others will say, no, the, the, the church is not where we talk about politics. The church is a political organization because every church, every Sunday when they pray, thy name be hallowed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It is a political statement. It is not a neutral statement. The church is always a political statement. That's why a believing church has been persecuted for 2000 years because kings and kingdoms knows these people, like the communists knew. Communists knew very well. What did the Communist Party say in China? They said, one Chinese Christian, one less Chinese. One less Chinese. Because his allegiance changes. His allegiance is to his God and his kingdom. He will not create any trouble for us, but he will be loyal to the principles of his kingdom. He will be the best Chinese you can get, but he will not be a communist. Mm. You know, like and They understand. And so all these people who try to escape under because... 2020 election was like no other election. And like, why did we pray and stand? Because America's elections in the last days impact all of us. Look at the Afghans crying, weeping, dying. Who will speak for them? Who will speak for them? But if Trump, Trump like he did with North Korea, tried, had a deal with Taliban, and like we say in English, if he had been president, if they had tried to breach, he would have held their feet to the fire. That's what he would do. And he did it single-handedly during his four years without help from Britain, from Germany, from France, from Russia or China. He did it single-handedly without help from the Congress or the Senate. He did it single-handedly. Everybody was against him single-handedly with using the power of the presidency alone. Because usually G7 sticks together. They all opposed him. They mocked him, scorned him, hated him, but he single-handedly, he, you had Pelosi sitting over there opposing him, trying to impeach him when the virus was going on, but you know what? He single-handedly handed him because you know why? Because he had the wind behind his back. He had God with him, mm-hmm. which he didn't realize. He had God with him. Mm-hmm. And that's why they wanted him out. So when this person asked this question, you know what? It is true. There are snakes in the White House. Even when he was president, he he had snakes in the White House, he had snakes in the Senate, and he had snakes in the Congress, and the whole Justice Department was full of snakes, and the FBI was full of snakes. Everybody is being exposed now. And his chief of staff of his army, that fellow, was a big snake. Was a big snake. But we still pray. We still believe America will not fall. God will give show mercy. Like Pastor Vijayan, we are talking just before we are beginning. It says, no, God need looked only for 10 righteous men. Mm. 10 righteous men to stop judgment. So if you put it in par with population, we are talking about 300 million Americans. If he has 300,000 believing Christians who stand up day and night and cry out to God, Lord, let your judgment not come on our nation. He will stay his hand. Mm-hmm. He will give them reprieve. It is not on the hands of the White House or the Congress or the Senate. The believing church, yes. not the compromised church, not Laodicea. Yes. Yes. America is Laodicea. Much of the big mega churches are Laodicea. That's why God is using unknown people, people. like a truck driver. Mm-hmm. Timothy Dixon, a truck driver. <laughs> out of the blue, that he came out of God. <laughs> the wisdom of God. A Kent Christmas whom nobody knew. So he's using unknown people. Okay, All he needs is 300,000 
believers. We're just not putting numbers. But we're talking about a church like Philadelphia. It's weak, has no influence, no strength, but have not denied my name, have not compromised on my word, and will persevere. And God says, that church stands up and prays. I still believe he will open a door for America. Because he will not forget the labor of love of their forefathers. The fact of the matter was he was the only pro-life president ever in the history of America. It's remarkable. So pro, pro-life. Life. Remarkable. So, pro-life, no? so we are not looking at the personality. We are looking at his actions. Mm. We are not worried about his tweets. We are more concerned about what he did actually to save life. And he did. It was a peaceful four years. Just can you imagine first of 50 million babies were slaughtered. Yeah. And their, their blood is not crying out. And you're not even, not even concerned bothered about, about it. Well, and well. you look at it with his executive orders, the number of lives he saved. Look at the border mess in America. Mm. Okay. Whether you agree with the vaccine or not. Okay. Let us look at it objectively about the vaccine. The vaccine, if you say, has saved so many lives. Let me ask you this question. Has ever a vaccine come out in less than a year? Never. Just Trump who did it under Operation Warp Speed. He did it. Hmm. If Joe had been president during that time, there would have been no vaccine. Whichever way you want to look at it, it was. Was ventilators finally a surplus? Yes. Yes, yes. It was he who did it. Okay, you look at, but they don't give because if the me, that's what if the media lies, then where do you get your information from? Coercive, suppressing media, where do you get your this thing? Okay, so that's why we are pro, pro Trump. We we don't even really know him as a person, yes. but you can look at his policies. Policy. And sometimes you don't have to look at the policies. You know, like we looked at the earlier question. Okay. Finally, finally, if you read the entire book of Job, you know Job is right because you listen to his friends. You listen to his friends. Okay. If these guys are saying this, that means he is right. If Nancy Schumer, Chuck and Adam Smith and all these people and all these things saying this about Trump, then Trump is right. And Joe Biden. Because we have this record of these people. 40 years in the Senate, 50 years, okay. Where did they get all these houses and all the millions? Because we know how much their salary is. Trump has his billions, we know he's a billionaire. Where did this Biden get all his millions from? Mm. Okay, We know what they have done mm. over the years to that country. So if you want to objectively look at this person, just look at his enemies. You see, they are saying all these things about him. That means <laughs> he's, he's right. He's right. <laughs> he's right. Oh boy. He's right. Okay, that's all. Okay. Hear what their enemies say about him. (laughs) It is like Gideon. No? Gideon is still fearful. Finally, God says, you know what, Gideon? Take your friend. Okay, your servant, Pua. Go down to the camp and listen to your enemies. That will, okay. So we listen to his enemies and we know he's right. Because no, no man was attacked in recent history, in human history probably, was ever attacked like that man. And you look at what are they attacking him about? Mm. You look at his policies. I mean, if you are, a, if you are truly an American, okay, mm. if you look at his policies, all his policies are pro-American. Yes, mm. right. All his policies are pro-American. Everything he's doing is good for America, and they are attacking. Mm. What is their problem? It is not a simple opposition attacking the ruling. It is not that. The attack was demonic, personal. Mm. 
it was it was unbelievable the attack that was going on that you knew there was a spiritual element in it and then never in the history of america you had witches coming on the streets streets and cursing cursing right? all everybody was out the wizards and the witches everybody was and the church is right to that they're thinking it is absolutely normal that's a remarkable that thing, the, the witches are attacking the white house and the church is attacking the white house you know and how did they both come on the same line what is wrong over here publicly calling which is calling for day of cursing day of this thing and day of, we have to cleanse the white house the pastors are also against the white house the witches are also against the white house how did they all get on like think about on mount carmel elijah standing with the prophets of baal not against but with the prophets of baal Oh boy! And you need to know there's something wrong over there, and mm. it is all there in the public format. Everything is there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's there. all there on the witches. We are not talking something out of the top of our head. It is all over there. So I had no issues with the witches. Witches have to do what they have to do. My <laughs> issues with the pastors. What are you doing their work? <laughs> okay. When Obama was president, we did not see any witches on the streets. Street, yeah. Did not see any yeah, witches on the streets. In, 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 when did they come out on the streets? They never came out on the streets openly. It's only when Trump came out, everybody is out open on the streets. Mm. So what? What does that tell you? What does that tell you? And that is my issue. Okay. <laughs> the church is a political organization because it is advancing a cause, a political cause. What is that? Thy kingdom come. Ultimately, the political cause will win. Because the Bible says in Revelation, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our mm-hmm. Lord. Why? Because there was war in heavens and there was war on earth together joined. Mm-hmm. Michael and his angels were fighting Satan and his angels on earth. Mm-hmm. They overcame him by the mm-hmm. prayer and the intercession of the church. And the war in the heavens come together, prevail, the kingdom of heaven comes on earth. So it's a political organization. Yes, yes, yes. In the process of war, there are casualties. So there are <laughs> martyrs in the church. There are martyrs. And we are willing to die for a cause. Mm. We are willing to die for a cause. We will not kill for a cause. Mm-hmm. But we will die for a cause. We will because not the kill. only cause which is worth dying worth for. Worth dying for. <laughs> All <laughs> the other causes, you die for it, you <laughs> end up in hell. It is worth nothing. This is a cause. It is worth dying for. So you are not afraid. And that is what the Bible says. It is a war. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, they, they did not love, love their lives. Meaning they, they were ready to die for the cause. Mm. So we are not afraid. We are not afraid. Yes, hmm. Pastor Vidya, one more question. Yes, Pastor, this is question 6. I think it's very similar to what uh, question 7 is asking. Hmm. It says, many Christian teachers teach that Satan is to be ignored or that little attention to be is to be paid to him. Hmm. I agree. I agree. Not sure if you do. We are not to become infatuated with Satan, but a good soldier is well informed, is a well informed soldier concerning the enemy. Mm. Be infatuated with and, and be in awe of Jesus. Be, uh, be aware of the enemy. Mm. Love worship, not warfare. Love worship, mm. not warfare. Mm. Uh, I'm just reminded of uh, Regan's quote when he went to University of California, Berkeley. Mm-hmm. He said they were all crying, make love and not war. Mm. He said they are capable of neither. <laughs> <laughs> Love, worship, nor warfare. But when necessary, go to war. We have been through so much. I believe I need to be more informed of the enemy. This month has been the worst month for us as a family. Losing my wife was not a loss. I will meet her in heaven. But the issues I have been trying to help Christians with family, uh, family makes me angry. Uh, At the enemy... Uh, I'm angry at the enemy. I'm angry at the enemy. Mm-hmm. Is that wrong? Mm-hmm. Would you call that righteous anger? We, we, I mean, uh, Bible says be angry. Okay, be angry. If you, if you are not angry, you will not fight. 
angry is the motivating force that causes you to fight evil. You cannot be neutral in the face of evil. Mm. You cannot neutral. And that's what happened to the churches in America. They went neutral in the face of evil. Evil was absolutely clear. Mm. It was very clear. This is, they were propagating evil. You cannot be neutral in the face of evil. You have to be angry. And that's why when Jesus was angry at the Pharisees, when he saw the hardness of their hearts, he was angry. Mm. He was not angry at them, at the person, but at their attitudes, he was very, very angry. Okay, so here when you're talking about, yes, we need to know, we need, we are not infatuated with the enemy at all. But if you do not know your enemy, you cannot fight him. Meaning, if you know your enemy, half your battle is won. Mm. Of your battle is one. Ignorance of the enemy, like you know it in modern warfare too also, no? Why is it so difficult to win a battle in Syria or win a battle in Afghanistan? Because you don't know your enemy. Mm. And that's how terrorism works. Terrorism works based on terror. Mm. It's not normal warfare. Normal warfare, you know how to fight your enemy. Like if you know, like uh, China with all these things, India can still face China at Galwan. Yes. Why? Because you know your enemy. Yes. You know its strengths. Mm. You know our strengths. Mm. You know the terrain. You know our terrain. You know how to fight it. But in Kashmir, we have been fighting for 50 years. Mm. You know why? Because the enemy cannot be seen. Insurgency, yeah. Okay, it's insurgency. Mm. It cannot be seen. Can anybody, can America defeat Afghanistan? Of course, yes, in one week. Put two nukes, it's over. <laughs> but they can't do that. Because you're not fighting the people. You're mm. fighting the terrorists who are embedded in the people. Mm. So you're fighting with your one hand uh, tied down. It's like what happened two days back. You lost your soldiers because you were trying to save their people. So it's a difficult war mm. and we need to appreciate what they are doing. We need to appreciate what our soldiers do in Kashmir. Mm. And every time a bread body comes back, you know what? He died for a cause, okay? Fighting somebody. So here what is happening is that we need to know the devil. Mm. We need to know his tactics. Because, why? Because the enemy is there through it all. What is Jesus warning? When at the temple they came and asked him about the last days, what was Jesus warning? His warning was not about war. His mm. warning was not about sickness or pestilence. He says, beware of deception. Mm. And deception is the enemy's yes, biggest better. tool. Mm. That is what he still uses. Mm. Okay. So we are not learning about the enemy so much. We are learning about the tactics of the enemy. How does he still, how will he still take a lot of people down? I mean, the incredible part of the, um, this, of this deception, you need to look, is found in uh, Revelation 20. And word 7. When the thousand years have expired, can you imagine thousand years of Jesus' visible rule on earth? Jesus is from Jerusalem ruling the earth and the saints are ruling all parts of the earth. This is a godly dispensation. That everybody will live up to a minimum 100 plus years. There will absolutely peace. No violence, no crime, nothing on earth. Peace and prosperity. A thousand years. And Satan has been locked up for a thousand years. No demonic activity allowed. Sin is there. Mm. But sin cannot be manifested. Because Jesus will rule with a scepter of iron. Mm. Okay? Sin has not been taken out. Mm. Okay? But Satan and demons are not there. And then, a thousand years later, 
Satan is released. What does the Bible says? He will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, <laughs> Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. Look at the power of deception. Millions. Millions of people still gather with him and come to fight Jesus and the saints in Jerusalem. Okay, that's what it says. Words 8 and 9. Okay. Nine. Can we have nine? Yeah. And what did Jesus do? He dis- he, he destroys them. Is it nine? nine is not there, bro? Of course it's there. There, there. I mean, the system has got. Oh, it's got stopped. It's not, uh, yeah, it's not Next, next card, DJ. Okay. Here's compass. Yeah. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. I always wondered about that. Let us say, I mean, if we are, we overcome. Let us say Peter is in charge of Nigeria. Peter's psalm has been given Nigeria. Okay. Uh, Dr. Richard has been given Gujarat. Okay. So, okay. So the question is, how did the saints like now they are coming from all corners and the saints are all in Jerusalem. Now remember this, the saints have the new resurrection When the battle and the organization begins, all the saints now leave their positions and they, I believe, gather in Jerusalem. They gather in Jerusalem. So then again, there's a final separation between the saints, the saved and the unsaved. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Now the Father himself is intervening. Okay, and the enemy is destroyed. So you need to understand the power of deception, the power of a lie, and the fallen nature of man, how much he loves a lie, so that his self-will, the issue, like I said, is his self-will. So you need to realize, we need to understand the attack. We are not glorifying, we are not infatuated with the enemy at all. We worship God, we love God, we elevate but we need to know the tactics of the enemy. And the Bible continuously talks about the tactics of the enemy. Otherwise, what will happen? We can't be naive. And one of the things God says is, God's people perish because of lack of knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of God and knowledge of the enemy. What are the tactics of the enemy? And how vulnerable we are to the lies. Because the old man is what he's selfish and he's self-willed. All our problems arise from that. We are self-willed and we are selfish. Our problems arise from that. And Mm. that is why we need to know the enemy, how he operates in us. And we need to know God, how he operates in us. Mm. We need to know both. Because the reason is that, you know what, I'll give you. Why we need to know the enemy, Uh, Corinthians, how the enemy comes. Second Corinthians 11, Pastor. Yeah, Second Corinthians 11. Let's go over there. And chapter, well, verse 13 and 14. For such are false apostles. I mean, this is the top of the of the group. Okay, apostles are the top. Okay, false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. No wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Hmm. 
Yes. Okay, that's how Satan comes. He does not come, he comes as an angel of light. So if Satan comes as an angel of light, how much light we should be there in us to be able to distinguish his light and the real light. Now let us look at all the children who are born in, in our church, starting with Rema, okay, the little one, Roshan's baby, to Apu's baby, to Kirti's baby. Do you think they can distinguish between natural light and artificial light? No, no they can't. No. They can't. And if we do not have the discernment of the Holy Spirit, we will not be able to discern the light of God and when his enemy comes as an angel of light, we will not be able to discern. Mm. Because the best lies are so close to truth. Mm. So close to truth. It will appeal to all of our senses. It will appeal to us. It is good for the eyes, good for the stomach, and good for the mind. And she took it. And she was deceived. The Bible says she was deceived. Okay. And that's why the prosperity gospel has gone like fire. Mm. Because it appeals to you. And the prosperity gospel only uses scripture. And the name of God. And the name of Jesus. And they put across their lives as their success stories. Mm. And that made America weak. Mm. It made America weak. And it made the whole worldwide church weak. Okay, let me ask you, ask you simple. We have two brothers sitting over here. Which is one of the, which is the richest country in Africa? Nigeria. Which is the, which is the most traumatic country in Africa? Nigeria. Nigeria. And where are all the biggest churches, the richest churches in the world? Nigeria. Nigeria. And where are the Christians suffering most in Africa? Nigeria. Why? Because of the gospel. A false gospel. They have no strength to fight these battles. It's what the prosperity gospel does. It's a woke gospel. <laughs> it brings leanness into your souls that you have no strength to fight the enemy. Mm. It's a tactic of the enemy. And that's what they're trying to do with the American army. They're trying to make it woke so that these are the finest warriors <coughs> the world had ever seen. Okay? And they're trying to make them insipid. Bringing all kind of funny teachings into the army to make them woke because they know the last bastion of hope for the conservative cause, cause in America is the U.S. Army. And if they can take it, America is gone. America is gone as a nation. So you need to understand, we need to understand the lies of the enemy. Okay, the lies of the enemy. And it's a battle we are fighting. So the church is the only entity on earth which can win this battle because the church is the only entity to whom the promise is given. The gates of hell shall not prevail against you. So the enemy is always after the church. And always after the leadership of the church. If the leadership can be compromised, the church can be compromised. Yes. And I'm talking about a leadership in the past 50, 60 years has been compromised because they were pulled into a system called Freemasonry and they were compromised over there. And they are charismatic, they have gifts, I don't know where their power comes from, but if you look at their congregations, they have no power to fight. They have no power to fight, to stand up and fight at a time like this. Ultimately compromised, you know, because the devil knew you could not take over America if you did not take over the church. It would be impossible to mm. bring America down without taking over the church because America was built on the church. Mm. 
Britain, not like Britain and all. Britain had a whole history of Catholics and Protestants and fighting and kings and monarchy and all. America was built on the church. You know? And if they had to take America, they had to break, take the church. Once the church is compromised, you have lost your strength. So if America has to have a new lease of life, it does not lie in the Congress, it does not lie in the White House, it does not lie in the Senate, it lies with the church. The church has to come back. There has to be a true, genuine repentance and revival and that, like Gideon's 300, maybe God's 300,000 has to stand up and like one man, Mm. one agenda, Lord, save our nation. And I believe God will intervene. He will turn it around. Only God can. Only God can do it. He will cause confusion. That's why we keep on praying. He will cause confusion in the ranks of the enemy. And they will be blinded. They will do stupid things. They will be exposed. And the whole system will collapse. And God. But America will go through a lot of pain. Yeah. Cleansing will be. Yeah, cleansing. cleansing is always painful. Right? You got to cut a deep wound. And when they pour whatever that medicine over you, okay, it is painful. Okay, so you cannot have cleansing without pain. But it's a good pain. It's not a bad pain. We still have hope for America. Amen. Either way, we always have hope in Christ. Amen, amen. And, uh, hope in Christ. So we shall close. Yes, Pastor Vijay, we'll close in prayer. Yes. Yeah. Father, we just want to thank you, Father. Lord, yes, Lord, with you we have hope. There is hope in you and you will. Alone, Lord Jesus. <coughs> when every other earthly prop gives way, you alone are our hope and stay. On Christ, the solid rock, we stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Lord, vain is the hope of man. Your word says, cursed is a man who makes stre- flesh his strength, O Lord. And this evening, O Lord, we want to just turn back to you, O Lord. As individuals, as families, as churches, and even as nations, O Lord. Let us let it start with all of us, O Lord, that you would do a cleansing in our own hearts in the light of what we heard this evening, O Lord, that, Lord, that we will not take anything for granted, O Lord. Lord, as you enjoined us, O Lord, through your uh, servant Jude, you said, Lord, content for the faith that for one, for uh, which was once and for all delivered to the saints. And I pray, Lord, Lord, you would raise up uh, your people in these last days, O Lord, a people who will not be afraid uh, to confront the enemy, the people who will not be afraid of correction, who will not be offended, uh, Lord, but easily, O oh Lord, but truly, they will, who will look uh, at truth objectively, O oh Lord, and Lord, who will be willing to change, O oh Lord, uh, Father, in the light of your scriptures, O oh Lord, Father, in, your, in the light of your word. And therefore, I pray, Lord, that there be genuine conviction of the Holy Spirit in each and every one of our lives. And Lord, even as we receive your word, O oh Lord, let your convictions, your convictions, which are according to your word, become a part of our lives deep down. Let them go Go into the deepmost parts of our inner man and let them build spine in us, O Lord Jesus. St- uh, strengthen us, O Lord Father, in the mi- with might in the inner man, O Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for these sessions that you have given to us. I pray, Father, for every questioner. Thank you, Father, for the questions that your children have sent from all around the world. I pray, Father, that, Lord, you would strengthen us as a church, even as we receive these answers. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, O Lord Father, and, and, and empower us and prepare us for the days to come, O Lord Jesus. Thank you. And even as we rest tonight, if you choose to give us yet another day the land of the living. I pray, Lord, that you would grant us another day so that we can prepare ourselves for your coming and that we will be found in the house of the Lord uh, to hear your voice. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.